Chapter Nine of the Love Affairs of Pixie by Mrs. George de Horn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A rift. Let me break it to you tenderly," said Mrs. Hillier to her guests at breakfast on the morning after the picnic. "That on Thursday there is a bazaar, and that it's no use any of you making plans for that day or the morning before." the real reason why i invited you all just at this particular time is that you might assist and be bright and pleasant and make my stall a success she smiled beguilingly as she spoke and no one could be more beguiling than joan when it suited her own purpose but her blandishments failed to propitiate her hearers who one and all laid down knives and forks and fell back in their seats in attitudes expressive of dismay a bazaar assist what bazaar where what for this is too sudden why were we not warned joan twinkled mischievously i was afraid you'd run away people are so surly about bazaars it's in the village for a parish nurse she's new and needs a cottage and furniture and clothes and salary and the money has to be found i wanted geoffrey to give it right out it's so much simpler but he wouldn't he thought it was right that other people should help geoffrey hilliard said nothing it was true that he thought it a wrong attitude for a whole parish to depend upon the gifts of one rich man but an even stronger reason had been his desire to induce his wife to take some active interest in her poorer neighbours and to occupy herself on their behalf when joan had unwillingly consented to take the principal stall at the bazaar he had complacently expected a succession of committee meetings and sewing bees which would make a wholesome interest in a life spent too entirely in self-gratification but the weeks had passed by and the bazaar was at hand and so far he had observed no symptoms of work on its behalf he sat silently waiting to glean information through the questioning of his guests i've taken part in bazaars before now i'm an expert at bazaars bridgie has had part of a stall several times for things for the regiment but where is your work demanded pixie sternly when you take part in a bazaar it means every room crowded out with cushions and tidies and mats and pincushions and sitting up at nights finishing off and sewing on prices and days of packing up at the end to say nothing of circulars and invitations and your own aprons and caps i haven't noticed a bit of fuss how can you be going to have a bazaar without any fuss she looked so accusingly at her sister as she spoke that the others laughed but there was a hint of uneasiness in the manner in which joan glanced at her husband before replying there isn't any why should there be fancy work isn't my forte and it would bore me to sobs living bazaar for months ahead i've sent money to order ready-maids and there are a pile of packing-cases stored away upstairs which will provide more than we want they ought to do considering the money i've spent i expect the things will be all right 
haven't you looked cried pixie blankly while geoffrey flushed shrugged his shoulders and muttered a sarcastic charity made easy which brought an answering flash into his wife's eyes is there anything particularly estimable in upsetting a whole house and wasting time in manufacturing falals which nobody needs i fail to see it she retorted sharply and geoffrey shrugged again his face grim and displeased it was not a pleasant moment for the listeners and one and all were grateful to stanor vaughan for the easy volubility with which he dashed to the rescue i'll open the cases for you mrs hilliard i'm a nailer at opening cases ought to have been a furniture remover by profession give me wood and nails and a litter of straw and sawdust and i'm in my element better take em down to the hall and unpack em there i suppose safest plan with breakables jolly good crockery you get from abroad i was at winter sports with my sister and she fell in love with a green pottery cruise business half a franc and as big as your head i argued with her for an hour but it was no good buy it she would and cuddled it in her arms the whole way home if you have any green cruises mrs hilliard i'll buy a dozen esmeralda thanked him and proceeded to explain her arrangements in a manner elaborately composed it appeared that she had displayed considerable ingenuity in the way of saving herself trouble i sent instructions to each place that every article was to be marked in plain figures we shall just have to translate them into english money and add on a little more it's unnecessary to remark everything afresh i've engaged a joiner to be at the hall ready to fix up any boards or shelves which we may need and of course he'll unpack there's not the slightest reason for any one else to break his nails there will be enough work for us on the day are we to be dressed up in fancy character it's all so sudden that i'd like to know the worst at once sighed honor plaintively i've been a swiss maiden i've been a dolly varden and i've been the old woman that lived in a shoe so i guess i can bear another turn of the screw but i look real sweet in my new blue gown wear it then wear it it's ridiculous dressing up in daylight in a village hall let every one wear what suits them best wait till you see my waistcoat cried stanner and they rose from the table laughing and breakfast was at an end pixie made straight for the nursery she was jarred and troubled by the scene which had just taken place all the more so as it was by no means the first occasion during her short visit when geoffrey and joan had unmistakably jarred in the old days at knock castle esmeralda's tantrums had been accepted as part of the daily life but six years spent in the sunshine of bridgie's home made a difference between husband and wife seem something abnormal and shocking imagine dick sneering at bridgie imagine bridgie snapping back and relapsing into haughty indifference the thing was preposterous unthinkable could that be the reason of esmeralda's unrest that she and her husband had outgrown their love pixie felt it equally impossible at that moment to sit quietly alone or to talk naturally to her fellow-guests but 
experience had proved that the most absolutely certain method of getting out of herself was to court the society of children so she shut herself in the nursery with the two small boys who took every advantage of the unexpected treat without troubling their heads as to how it had come about meantime the three guests started off on the usual morning peregrination of the grounds and joan followed her husband to his study found him staring aimlessly out of the window and accosted him in cold and biting tones geoffrey i wish to speak to you you are entitled to your own opinions but the next time that you find them in opposition to mine i should be obliged if you would reserve your remarks until we are alone if you have no consideration for me you might at least consider your guests it cannot be agreeable for them to overhear our differences geoffrey did not move he stood with his hands thrust deep into his pockets his head drooping forward on his breast an air of weariness and depression in every line of his figure for a minute there was silence then he spoke slowly and with frequent breaks as though considering each word as it came that is true i was to blame i should have waited as you say it shall not occur again joan i apologize esmeralda looked at him the fire died from her eyes her lips trembled quick to anger she was equally quick to penitence and a soft word could melt her hardest mood she made a very lovely picture at that moment but her husband's back was still turned he kept his head rigorously turned aside as he crossed to his desk and seated himself on his swivel chair i have ordered the car for eleven as you wished thank you joan knew herself to be dismissed but she had no intention of obeying for her impetuous nature half measures did not exist and a peace that was not peace with honour seemed unworthy the name she leaned over her husband's desk facing him with earnest eyes geoffrey why were you so cross it was unreasonable i shall do quite well at my stall people are sick to death of cushions and cosies but they will snap at my beautiful things from abroad which they don't often have a chance of buying i'm sure of it then why why what on earth put you into such a bait geoffrey put down his pen and drew a long sigh it was easy to see that he dreaded a discussion and was most unwillingly drawn into its toils since you ask me joan i was disappointed that you had taken so little personal trouble over the affair i could have given the money easily enough when i refused i was thinking more of you than of anyone else i hoped this bazaar might be the means of taking you out of yourself of bringing you in contact with people whose lives are not altogether given up to self-indulgence 
your one idea seems to have been to avoid such a course you would have liked me to have sewing meetings here as mrs ewart has at the vicarage plain sewing from two to four and then tea and buns you would have liked to see me sitting in the evening embroidering wild roses on tray cloths and binding shaving cases with blue ribbon i would said geoffrey sturdily he did not smile as he had been expected to do but sat grim and grave refusing to be cajoled esmeralda's anger mounted once more then i call it stupid and bigoted and i absolutely disagree if i'm to waste my time i'll waste it in my own way not in perpetrating atrocities to disfigure another home and i hate village sewing meetings and the dull ugly frumps who go to them mr hilliard took up his pen squared his elbows and quietly began to write Geoffrey can't you answer when i speak to you i'm not a child to be cowed and snubbed i i hate you when you get into this superior mood geoffrey lifted his face was it the strong east light which made it suddenly appear so lined and worn there was no anger in his face only a very pitiful sadness i'm afraid there are many moods in which you hate me esmeralda the look on his face the sound of the old pet name were too much for the warm irish heart in a moment his wife was on her knees beside him holding his hands pressing them to her lips stroking them with caressing fingers jeff jeff it isn't true you know it isn't i always love you i always did you know it is true i was ready to marry you when i thought you hadn't a penny i wanted nothing but yourself i never forget it said geoffrey deeply i never can sometimes sometimes i wish it had been true it might have been better for us both all that riches can buy has not made a happy woman of you esmeralda he stroked back the hair from her broad low brow looking with troubled eyes at the fine lines which already marked its surface i can give my wife many treasures but apparently not the thing she needs most of all the happiness which dick victor manages to provide for bridgie on a few hundreds a year bridgie is bridgie and i'm myself we were born different it's not fair to compare us and the advantages are not all on one side if she has not had my opportunities she has escaped the temptations she might have grown selfish too sometimes i hate money geoffrey it's a millstone round one's neck no geoffrey squared his shoulders it's a lever i'm glad to be rich my father worked hard for his money it was honourably gained and i'm proud to inherit it it is a responsibility a heavy one if you like but one is bound to have responsibilities in life and it's a fine thing to have one which holds such possibilities i mean to bring up the boys to take that view but he paused heavily i'd give it up to-morrow if it could purchase peace and tranquillity 
a rest from this everlasting strain something tightened over joan's heart a chill as of fear passed through her blood geoffrey spoke quietly so sanely with an unmistakable air of knowing his own mind and his manner was so cool so detached not one lover-like word or action had he vouchsafed in answer to her own a chill passed through joan's veins the chill of dismay which presages disaster at that moment she divined the certainty of what she had never before even dimly imagined the waning of her husband's love like too many beautiful young wives she had taken for granted that her place in her husband's heart was established for life independent of any effort to retain it she had not realized that love is a treasure which must needs be guarded with jealous care that the delicate cord may be strained so thin that a moment may come when it reaches breaking point that moment had not come yet surely surely it could not have come but she felt the shadow don't you love me any more geoffrey she asked faintly in spite of all my faults do you love me still like you did it was the inevitable ending to a dissension the inevitable question which he had answered a hundred times and if to-day there was a new tone in the voice which spoke it geoffrey was not sensitive enough to notice few men would mark such differences in a moment of tension i love you joan he answered wearily you are my wife but you've rubbed off the bloom joan got up quietly from her knees and crossed to the door the voice within declared that geoffrey would call her back that he would leap after her and clasp her in his arms as he had done a score of times in like circumstances that he would implore forgiveness for his cruel words she walked slowly pausing as she went to put a chair against the wall to alter the position of a vase of flowers she reached the door and cast a swift glance behind geoffrey had gone back to his writing his pen travelled swiftly across the page he did not raise his head End of chapter nine